0: Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. We are not involved in a project of this nature. We've got that story plus digital dollars. But first, the Earn It Bill is the government's open plan to scan every message online via the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Submitted for your approval, imagine an internet. Where the law required every message sent to be read by government approved scanning software, companies that handle such messages wouldn't be allowed to operate or allowed to securely encrypt them, or they'd lose legal protections that allow them to operate. That is what the Senate Judiciary Committee has proposed and hopes to pass into law the so called earn it bill. Sponsored by Senators Lindsey Graham, a Coke from South Carolina, and Richard Blumenthal, a Pepsi from Connecticut, will strip Section 230 protections away from any website that doesn't follow a list of best practices, meaning those sites could be sued into oblivion. The best practices list will be created by a government commission headed by Attorney General Barr, who's made it very clear he'd like to ban encryption and guarantee law enforcement legal access to any digital message but they very specifically didn't put the word encryption into the bill, so they're going to insist that it doesn't affect encryption. It's true that the bill's authors avoided using that word, but it essentially contains a full-on assault on encryption. You can't have an internet where messages are screened en masse and also have end-to-end encryption any more than you can create backdoors that can only be used by the good guys. The two are mutually exclusive as EFF writes, and we'll include the link to Congress.gov, Senate Bill 3398 Earn It Act of 2020. And James, of course, this is all under the guise of keeping children safe from exploitation, not not the ones being exploited by their government friends like Jeffrey Epstein. So, from what I can tell, and there's a lot of a lot of congressional action going on, James, that we're going to talk about on this episode. It seems like on this Earn It bill, they've held a couple of hearings, but that's basically all for now, James. For now, being the key words, because
1: you and I both know how this rolls by now. We've seen the rollout of legislation time and time and time again to crack down on the internet in various ways, usually in the name of either protecting the children or protecting those poor copyright holders. Those little mom and pop copyright holders like Universal (laughs) Music Group and what have you, the billionaires class. Um, And of course, as you say, it's always for the benefit of the cronies and never for the benefit of the average person. It's always about cracking down. But as I say, we've seen this happen time and time again with SOPA and PIPA and FOSTA and ACTA and all of these other four-letter words. They keep bringing it back over and over and over, and it is a war of attrition. They will not get it through the first time or the second time or the third time, but the 10th time, the 20th time, the 30th time... At some point, it starts to get through. And as you state, I hope people will actually go and read, at least read, scan through the text of this uh, legalese uh, act, because you will find, yes, no, they do not mention encryption by name anywhere in the act, and Blumenthal insists this is not about encryption. But of course, the devil is in the details, and it's about revoking Section 230 protected status from any internet provider or service provider, not ISP, but like a, you know, a platform, a social media platform or something that won't follow best practices as laid out by the Attorney General. And best practices is going to involve some form of making sure you know you know your customer, so you have to get your ID and whatever from your customer. And boom, bada bing, bada boom, any semblance of anonymity on the internet gone. But they never said they were going to get rid of encryption. The word encryption is nowhere in there. So it's that legalese trick that they're playing. um, I'll throw in a couple links to a couple of articles that I thought were helpful in explaining what this is really about. Um, And I... (laughs) I actually just recently berated Chuck Coachelli a bit for using the, uh, <laughs> this, this story is a distraction from this story, so I, I will try not to fall into that trap myself, although it is tempting. I don't think a global pandemic crisis and the collapse of the global economy, etc. were done to distract us from the passage of this bill, but... Nonetheless, this has certainly fallen into the cracks and it is one of those things that could be passed in this time of emergency without, without anyone even noticing because so, much, so many fireworks are going off all at once. As you say, there have been hearings on this. I think the most recent was on March 11th and I believe it's still sitting in committee at this point, but just wait, just wait until they get the right time to ramrod it through and you probably will, will blink and miss it in this crazy age that we're living in.
0: Well, and I think uh, it was Wired that said this was the the new FOSTA Act. Again, all those kind of acronym names. And I think you really, you actually hit it on the head there. The devil's in the details. Because, much like as all the stories, of course, go, you make a deal with the devil and you find out, oh, God, he tricked me because I didn't catch some part in the giant contract. And that's, of course, how that devil works. I think, in a way, this might relate to our second segment here, James, on episode 402 of Neural Next Week digital dollar stripped from pelosi pandemic bill. House Democrats' latest version of the Take Responsibility for Workers and Families Act, this would be H.R. 6379, revealed late Monday, does not contain any language around a digital dollar in its section or on direct stimulus payments. The so-called lawmakers introduced the bill last week envisioning a digital payment system organized by the Federal Reserve and its member banks to directly send these funds to U.S. residents to assist them with expenses during the COVID-19 mitigation measures, which have already resulted in massive unemployment and a potentially severe recession, at the very least. In the latest 1,404-page draft, U.S. residents would receive, would get 1500 bucks per person, though individuals with an income greater than 75 five thousand and couples with an income greater than one hundred and fifty thousand would have to repay the funds. Thanks, government. <laughs> the section detailing the payments, which starts On page 1090, so earmark that page, appears to be less specific on how these payments would be sent to individuals than previous versions have been. The draft bill introduced by Speaker Pelosi, a Pepsi from Calatopia, on Monday no longer includes any language around a digital dollar. A separate bill introduced by Representative Maxine Waters, a Pepsi from California, H.R. 6321, titled the Financial Protections and Assistant for America's Consumers, States, Businesses, and Vulnerable Populations Act. They should they should talk to Blumenthal and get a catchy you know, acronym, earn it kind of name for this. According to Coindesk, the Maxine Waters bill still mentions the digital dollar, though that language is expected to be removed from the bill. So, James, as we were saying, the Earn It Act seems like it's just sitting around in committee. These both seem like they're also sitting around in committee. But the latest I can grab, and I didn't actually send this over to you in the show notes, from the Clinton News Network, of course, is the big package they've put together. The White House and Senate leaders struck a major deal early Wednesday morning over a $2 trillion package to provide a jolt to an economy struggling amid the blah, 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 blah. What's to say again that this latest thousands of page omnibus bill doesn't contain essentially the spirit of Earnit, the spirit of the Pelosi, the Maxine? Watt. They might all be in there, and we just don't know it yet. So, like the Earnit Act, though, again, we don't know maybe what's in all of this this two trillion dollar stimulus package. You got to imagine there's probably sweet amounts of pork for all those little Congress critters. These are also other ones that, again, a lot of talk, but the bills, from what I can tell, are all still sitting in committee. And again, we'll include the notes right to congress.gov, where you can ostensibly keep up with all the actions made on the bills, they call it. The bad part about all this is, James, they'll be right back with this bill if and when the economy really tanks in a couple of months. Just think about this. Did they just come up with this idea over the weekend and the Federal Reserve was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Go for it. And then they wrote a thousand pages about it. No way. Exactly like the Patriot Act. It was written and waiting on the shelf and waiting for the for the pandemic. James. Uh,
1: exactly right. No, no, Nancy Pelosi was sitting there late at night. Oh, I'm only on page 1100. Hold on, I have 300 more pages to write. About digital dollars and stuff. No, of course, yes, this stuff is on the books and ready to go for emergency situations, exactly as the Patriot Act, who Joe Biden bragged about having authored back in 1996. Five years before 9-11. Wow, imagine that. It was all ready to go on the shelf. Here is the 2020 version of that. And it is happening right now. One tiny detail from the thousands of pages that people have picked out is this digital dollar proposal. And yes, you are right to have suspicions about where this comes from because I have done a little digging and I, yes, I found some of the roots of this digital dollar. And uh, you won't be surprised to hear some of the people that it goes back to and the organizations that have been created to push this in recent months. But uh, at any rate, I am going to be talking about this in great detail in my podcast I'm releasing tomorrow hopefully in the next 24 hours or so, about the economic ramifications of this ongoing crisis, which will include a detailed examination of that digital dollar proposal and where it really came from. Suffice it to say, yeah, they didn't just dream it up overnight. This is something that's been sitting there waiting for an opportunity to introduce it to the public. And exactly as you're saying, yeah, it may linger in committee. It may not make it through this time. It may just be put back on the shelf and wait for the next stage of the crisis, or they may slip it through at a later point. Um, they may find another way of putting it in that uh, that people don't even recognize as digital dollar first, but then they realize, oh, it's it's suddenly here. Anyway, e- extremely important because, of course, the idea of a central bank cryptocurrency uh, sorry central bank digital currency it is not cryptocurrency but of course that is the bitcoin psyop that i specifically was warning about they're going to give you a central bank digital currency and they're gonna here's your wallet and here's your you know tied to your social credit score and your social security number and everything here's your and we'll we'll monitor every transaction in real time and they're gonna give that to the masses and this is the first attempt to at least let the people see, okay, this is what we're going to try, and we're just letting you know. And it's part of that indoctrination so that when it actually comes, people will be more prepared for it.
0: This is how it rolls. There are those little bits of pushback. I mean, there was, the I think, the gigantic fail of f- Facebook's fake Libra, you know, fake cryptocurrency. That was essentially, it just kind of laughed off of the news page. On a different note, James, the apartment that we live in down here in New Mexico. The management company recently tried to actually force all the tenants onto a digital payment system. And then what happens a couple of weeks go by and we get this next email that's like, "Uh, we're basically going to back off from this." So it means that lots of people at this place all essentially said, "No, we are not going to do that." And for once it wasn't actually us kind of complaining about that. So again, the pushback is happening, but they got all the lawyers. They got all the push, and they are able to pretty effectively manipulate the masses, who again, we're only a couple of weeks ostensibly into all of this. Imagine what this is all going to be like a couple of months from now. Whew. God, this is, these are going to just be all all coronavirus all the time. Neural next week episodes again, but it does it infects every single area of news that we talk about. Our third and final story on this episode 402 of New World Next Week heads to The Guardian, where we will not give them traffic and use the archive.is link yet again. And I think, James, this this follows up on last week's mobile phone industry explores worldwide tracking of users. mobile phone industry has explored the creation of a global data sharing system that could track individuals around the world... As part of an effort to um, oh, curb the spread of COVID-19, Guardian has learned that a senior official at GSMA, Global System for Mobile Communications, an international standard-setting body for the mobile phone industry, who I'm sure is peers the driven snow without any conflicts of interest, They held discussions with at least one company that is capable of tracking individuals globally through their mobiles and discussed the possible creation of a global data sharing system. Any move to create such a global tracking system would represent a major escalation in efforts to use mobile phone location data to help stem the pandemic and would likely raise concerns among privacy and security experts. Again, this is coming from the normies at The Guardian. Until now, the use of mobile phone tracking in the fight against COVID-19 has been restricted to just national governments, which are either monitoring data within their borders or in discussions with mobile operators and tech companies about doing so. They include, of course, all the finest U.S., India, Iran, Poland, Singapore, Israel, and South Korea. The concept of an international mobile tracing scheme would go further, enabling authorities to monitor movements and potentially track the spread potentially track the spread of disease across borders. You know, if, it, if that happens as an extra part, then you know it's just bonus for them. GSMA represents the interests of 750 mobile phone operators and vendors across the world and helps sets the international standards for companies. A spokesperson, this is the real this is the real punchline. A spokesperson for GSMA strenuously denied it was currently involved in any project to collate a global tracking system saying, quote, we are not involved in a project of this nature, end quote, GSMA spokesperson said. So I'll include the links to more a little bit about what the GSMA is. So the, I don't know, James, the upside of this is kind of simple. People could stop carrying their spy devices, especially if and when they leave their homes. It'll be five years for me this summer, actually, since I've had a device with a SIM card, What would they all do without all our personal information and geolocations, man? The downside is I've got to relate it, James, to police in California, plan to use drones to enforce a quarantine lockdown. And you can pretty much find a police state story for pretty much every angle if there's a move against humanity to be made they are trying it right now and i think a lot of these denials much like related to the other stories they all sound like real limited hangout bs first they lie about trying to build the brave new world order then when they get caught out with questions they go oh that's out of the bill now we're in deep trouble here james Oh, absolutely. The
1: technocracy agenda, I I want to say on steroids, but it's beyond steroids at this point. It is absolutely in overdrive in every aspect. And one that I've seen popping up over and over in the past couple of weeks is this idea of cell phone tracking. And uh, people have been looking at some of the different things that governments are already admitting to starting to do in, in those evil places like Iran and China and Israel and the United States and everywhere else. On the globe, because that is exactly what governments do in times like this. They try to take as much power as they possibly can while the getting is good, and uh, so getting your geolocation data on on record, out in the open, so that everyone knows that it's happening. They don't have to do any kind of backdoor NSA shenanigans. They don't have to do parallel construction in their, their, their criminal cases that they're going to launch as a result of the information they collect here. They're just going to, on the open, now be tracking the movement of every citizen at all times and will, and can and will use that information against you to prosecute you for whatever they say, even if they say, you, you left your house during a lockdown. That's it. We're going to lock you away and uh, there goes there goes everything. And oh, habeas corpus is suspended and everything else. So this is just one aspect of it, but it's a good window into the mindset of what's going on right now. And putting this all in black and white on the record, making it all legal and above board, we're do- gonna do this global data sharing. And the people who are proposing this are saying, oh yes, but it, uh, it could be abused. So we have to have sunset clauses and we'll have to carefully monitor this power. Meanwhile, they're rubbing their hands at the the incredible trough of data that's going to be available for every authoritarian power structure in the world. Again, above board, open, out in the public, and, and letting the public know this information. Your geolocation information can and will be used against you. So going from here on forward in the brave new world. Yes, exactly as you say. Keep in mind, citizen, that anywhere and everywhere you go will be tracked and logged and databased. And if the government doesn't like it, they will put you in a cage for your movements. Unless you were to, say, ditch your smartphone at home, but we can't, we can't do that, right? I mean, you'd be, you're, there probably will be laws against that at some point. But anyway, while, while you can, perhaps you should start weaning yourself off of these tracking lo- uh, devices.
0: And I mean, as, as this all ties in, I mean, the, the, the snitch lines are essentially already open. I saw my neighbor go out. You should get them and you should throw them into a cage. Maybe that'll I mean, that'll probably do wonders for people's social credit. You get some points on your social credit score when you rat out your neighbors who broke the quarantine or broke the martial law thing that comes two more years after all of this. You kind of remind me, James, of that, you know, what do they say when you get arrested? Anything you say can and will be used to help you out, buddy. No, against you. It won't be used for you. Nothing in that says, well, I might help you out. No, it'll be used against you in a court of law. And all this, this is all coming down. Man, that's episode 402 of Neural. Next Week, James. As I always like to say at the end of these episodes, I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time, like the best damn radio station you've never heard. I I don't want to go out too far, but I, I would definitely say that these last couple of weeks... I've seen an increase in new Media Monarchy members. I'm getting new folks joining every single day. So as long as people are actually able to get a couple of digital nickels to rub together, again, as little as a dollar a month gets you into the amazing Media Monarchy chat stream. And that is all of it. That's the community, James. And that's the same way you do it, buddy,
1: right? Right. And I think people are recognizing the gravity of what we're dealing with and are looking for community of some sort. And of course, it has to be virtual because everyone's in lockdown. So people are turning to the outlets that they know have been here talking about this for a decade plus. Well, here we are. So again, please please support us while you can. And I realize the economic pain is not even really started yet. And when it comes, it's going to hurt everyone. So uh, thank you for your support. Genuinely thank you from the bottom of my heart. I couldn't do this work without you, and I know James couldn't either. So thank you to everyone out there who's supporting, and uh, let's keep Let's keep learning our way forward. As we say, we've got to, we've got to find a way to uh, through this and it'll only come with all of us acting together. On that note, we're going to be back next week doing this as always, bringing you the information that matters. So thank you, James, for three great,
0: great stories. Absolutely, buddy. Take care.